Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Vulcans and Andorians, the audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casino gambling. Please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or need to pay bills. The past performances of our host are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you feel you may have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything our host shares during this podcast is based on factual events. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of preventing listener boredom. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, your incognito podcast host, vested and invested in all aspects of casino gambling success. Welcome to episode 77. Wow. Wow, 77. Double sevens. We're almost at a jackpot in another 700 episodes. Welcome to episode 77 of our Casino Combat Podcast. As always, I'm coming to you recorded live from the glorious Casino Combat Studios in Parts Unknown. Quickly and briefly, something going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy this past week. Inner Circle member, East Coast Emissary, fourth to the ring, did a minor edit to the decision tree for TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding. ECE is a dedicated squad mate. He sent the revisions and a note about it the day after Christmas. That is dedication. If you are not aware, we integrated... Fred, the podcast email bot, into an update of the Casino Combat website. All of our materials, including the updated version of ECE's Excellent Decision Tree, are available in the Fred portion of the website for download. Uh, Let's see, what else, what else? Uh, Guardian and the Jet have not checked in yet, so I think that as far as events in the Casino Combat Galaxy go, that takes care of things. So what, what, what should we talk about today? What is the battle plan for Episode 77? Guess who's back? Back again. Gwen is back. Tell a friend. That's right. Gwen313, the queen of the scene, sent me a question regarding pop culture, movies, music, casino combat, and Christmas. What a combination, right? Of course, we have to do a questions, my son's asked segment, and answer her questions. The young squire recently created a casino wisdom that, frankly, I'm embarrassed I didn't create. He was a little surprised that I'd missed it as well. As I told you last week, he doesn't really gamble, but he understands casino gambling very well, and he understands gambling systems and the creation of those very, very well. So as a result of that conversation with him, we will have a moment of casino wisdom this week and introduce a new, somewhat obvious, yet very, very uh, foundationally important casino wisdom. Mrs. TRG and I did some traveling last week, and I added in some local casino visits, so I will be doing a travel segment, not only to share our results, but really to focus on observations on the gambling we did in Biloxi, our impressions of Biloxi, and how things that I did and told you about over a year ago played into the set of holiday trips that we're going to make. I want you to see how the application of choices I made back then impacts things now. So I'm going to try to bundle all that up in the travel section. 
We will finish up, as always, in the Virtual VIP Lounge back in episode 73, I think. I mentioned a story about a casino handling a problem in a very, very, very right way, in my opinion. And we didn't get to that story, so I'm going to do that for you to finish up episode 77 of our podcast in the Virtual VIP Lounge. Let's dig right in. Gwen 313's questions are always fun, and I'll answer one of those in the next Questions My Sons Ask segment. What? What? My Sons Ask Questions About Gambling, Listeners Ask Questions About Gambling, and Gwen313 Asks Questions About the Intersection of Casino Combat and Pop Culture. I like our podcast to be listener-driven wherever possible, whenever possible. And honestly, I just always have a blast answering Gwen 313's questions. So uh, I was thrilled that she sent me a a Christmas-themed pop culture question this past week. Here is her email and her questions. Hi, TRG. Loved, loved, loved your creative Neil Diamond answer to my last question and the Kid Rock references. Thanks for including me as a small part of our podcast. Everyone knows that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I love Christmas songs. I'm wondering, are there any casino... (laughs) I've read this three times, and I'm still laughing reading it. Um, Laughing in a good way, not laughing at it, laughing with it. Uh, She says, I'm wondering, are there any casino combat Christmas movies? And also, and I know this is probably a challenge, are there any Christmas songs that are wrong from a casino combat point of view. Or right, I guess. Right would work, too. <laughs> Thanks again. Your answers are always fun. <laughs> Gwen, 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 Gwen. Casino combat, Christmas movies, and songs. I'm not sure I ever considered those to be a thing, but I'm TRG, and it's my job to have or find answers to important questions like these. It is important that these hard-hitting casino combat questions get answered and resolved. And surprisingly, these are both pretty easy questions to answer. I actually made passing reference to the best casino combat Christmas movie a few episodes back when I was discussing my cloud save. So let's consider this an official proclamation. The official Christmas movie of casino combat is Reindeer Games, starring Ben Affleck and Cherise Theron. No spoilers, but The plot involves an attempt to rob a casino on Christmas Eve because the thieves are wise enough to know that almost no one goes to a casino on Christmas Eve. An excellent Christmas movie, and an excellent casino movie, and a movie worthy of being the official Christmas movie of our podcast, without a doubt. Almost almost mandatory from now on that all of our squad members take time on Christmas to watch Reindeer Games. And that's something we do at least every third or fourth Christmas, so that's not far off uh, off brand at all. As far as Christmas songs and casino combat, uh, I actually got help with this answer on our trip. I saw just a little bit of Pitch Perfect 2 while we were in the hotel, and I was thinking about this exact idea, kind of with all this running through my head. I had the movie answer, and I wasn't sure there was a song answer. Uh, I'll get to Pitch Perfect 2 in just a minute, but the perfect casino combat Christmas song has to be Winter Wonderland as sang as sung by, wait for it, the legendary Bing Crosby. If we are walking in a Winter Wonderland, it's probably to get to a casino. Although, I prefer driving, since snow and leather-soled boots are not exactly a, a particularly safe combination. So with that part 
put out there back to Pitch Perfect 2, which is actually how I arrived at my conclusion. You see, in that movie, Snoop Dogg is doing a Christmas album, and one of the characters in the movie is an intern helping with the project. Snoop does his version of the classic Winter Wonderland, and he completely ruins it from a casino combat point of view. Now, various rules and laws regarding podcasting prevent me from including a clip of the movie at this point, at least as I understand those rules and they've been explained to me. And I'm not going to attempt to sing. I'm not going to attempt to be Snoop Dogg here. But Snoop sings very clearly, Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. Bing got it right from a casino combat point of view. He skipped those G's at the end of those words. Bing is walking and listening in a lane that is glistening. And on this podcast, we are rambling and gambling. So, Bing's version of the song is my choice for best casino combat podcast Christmas song. And as much as I love Snoop, his version fails hard and must be rejected. <laughs> Thanks, Gwen313. I always smile a little bit when you send me a question. Merry Christmas. Next on our battle plan is a moment of casino wisdom. Hey, everybody. Sorry about this. Uh, I guess we're going to put this one in the category of happy accidents. Uh, I'm actually at the Las Vegas airport. I just got in, just got a message from T-Rex saying that the moment of casino wisdom file that I sent him is corrupt. And I just checked my laptop and it's corrupt on my laptop. And I'm recording this on my phone because I didn't bring a microphone with me. So I can't redo everything. I will give you that moment of casino wisdom next week. And I apologize for that. I hope your holidays are or were great. And we're going to get on with our New Year's Eve. And I'll tell you about that next week. And I'm sorry we're missing a, a bit of a segment here this week for this episode. Happy holidays, everybody. Last episode, I just did results. This episode's we're back to having a travel segment with results included at the end for completeness. I'm trying to serve several purposes here. I want to show you results. That's always important so that you know how I do doing the things I tell you will work. That's very important to me. I also want to highlight for you choices made a year ago and how that provided lots of holiday fun this year. So I want to serve that master of kind of a reflection on how things done last year are playing out this year to show you that this is an ongoing effort. You build you build relationships and you build processes and then you take advantage of those things you built. And I want to show you that. And I also want to give you my impressions of Biloxi because this is the first time I've ever been there. I've only heard about it from a distance. I really didn't know a lot about it. And I want to give you those senses of things and, and how we saw things. Mrs. TRG so this is background. This is kind of laying some of the groundwork for what I'm going to tell you about. Mrs. TRG and I decided several months ago that instead of giving each other gifts for Christmas, we would take a, a holiday trip. 
And at first we thought it was a holiday trip and it kind of morphed. So basically we sent a budget equal to what we spent on gifts for each other last year. And, and that became the, the holiday travel budget this year. Admittedly, how we're going to spend that money changed a couple of times in the planning process. As I said, it morphed a bit. Originally, our, our first choice was to go to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve. We've done that several times. We really like it. But Caesars Entertainment, our go-to for Las Vegas wasn't willing to fully comp us at any of their properties on January 30th or 31st. The cost of those nights, plus the airfare, would have put us over our budget, and we were a little miffed about the whole thing, a little annoyed that they've hosted us many times in the past, and they didn't want to this year, and maybe that's the new owners. So, as an alternative, I booked us at Planet Hollywood for, for several nights the week before Christmas, fully comped, and then having made that reservation, I went off to Las Vegas to celebrate my friend's 50th birthday, and I split my play between uh, an MGM property and a Caesars property. If you've been listening for a while, you may recall that this has been the plan for over a year. Last December, I started doing just a small amount of gambling at MGM properties while at while in Las Vegas on a Caesars comp. And I said at that time that I wanted to be positioned to switch brands in 2022 if Eldorado's takeover of Caesars Entertainment had a negative effect on comp. The birthday trip for my friend demonstrated the value of that choice because it yielded several comp hotel nights at the Mirage when I couldn't get as many comp nights as I wanted at a price I wanted from Caesars. So as Mrs. TRG and I planned our holiday, that this entire aspect of things came to fruition. When I returned from the birthday trip, I received an email offer from Caesars Air to travel to Biloxi, Mississippi for several days during the week before Christmas. The entire trip was not comped, but since both Mrs. TRG and I are Caesars Reward members, the cost for air, hotel, and resort fees, which there were none, included in the offer was less than a day's pay a very reasonable small portion of our holiday travel budget. It looked like we were not going to come anywhere close to spending our entire budget. So I scheduled that trip, and a few days later, I went online to cancel our stay at Planet Hollywood. I started looking at how my recent gambling in Las Vegas had changed my comps. I was disappointed because from a Caesars point of view, nothing had really changed. But then when I looked at my MGM comps, when I took an MGM point of view, my new offers were great. They were better than anything I've had from Caesars in quite a while. I was able to book us fully comped with no resort fees at Mandalay Bay, one of the nicer MGM properties, and MGM would provide us almost a day's pay in free play and resort credits when we arrived. The cost for airfare to make this second trip was just a bit more than we'd planned for our single holiday trip, and now that had turned into trips plural, but the reality is that after the free spending and free play that MGM was going to provide, they're basically paying us more than we were going over our budget. The little bit over budget we were was more than offset by the amount of free money they were going to give us in various forms. We booked the second holiday trip. It was a bit crazy when we did it. We are looking very much forward to it now. This has been a nice setup of gambling trip mostly comped, wonderful family time, and gambling trip mostly comped at a, at a great time of year 
New Year's Eve is a wonderful time to be in Las Vegas. Traveling last December and making sure I reached the third tier in the Caesars system reduced the cost of the Biloxi trip because, as I said, it eliminated the resort fees. It eliminated almost a half day's pay of expenses out of that trip. And eventually, playing off of that accomplishment, on another Las Vegas trip, I matched my Caesars status to gain the same status with MGM and started playing part-time at MGM properties as a precaution. I also, you may recall, got the MGM credit card and started using that to earn tiers and status with MGM, something you can't really do with Caesars. And a year later, all of those choices provided an excellent set of comps for New Year's Eve. Built the foundation, reaped the benefits. I paid attention to the details. Anyway, as we flew to Biloxi for the first trip of this uh, two-trip set, the flight crew provided a little bit of gambling. They offered everyone an opportunity to write their seat number on a $1 bill, and they collected all those $1 bills in a big bag, and a bill was selected at random, and the person in that seat won all the $1 bills. Mrs. TRG played and won $90. From previous experience, I had correctly assumed that they would repeat this with $5 bills, then $10 bills, then $20 bills, and then $100 bills. And my plan when I passed up the $1 bill game was to play at the $20 and $100 levels because from experience, there would be less players and a better odds, a better chance of winning at that level. When Mrs. TRG won the first round, my plans changed a little bit. I played the $20 game and after losing, decided to protect our win and not play the $100 game. That said, the $100 game, you had a 1 in 4 chance of winning $400. Very, very fair. You can probably imagine when all the people on a chartered 737 show up at a hotel at exactly the same time on two buses, there is a long line of people to get checked in at the front front desk. Fortunately, only four of those people were at the third tier or higher. There was a separate line that allowed us to skip the very long line, and we got quickly checked in along with the four other third tier or higher guests. One of the things that we've observed over the years, and maybe it's just our imagination, but one of the things we find is that when we take these chartered trips, the hotel tower, floor level, and view that we are assigned is an indication of where we rank in the eyes of the Caesars algorithm compared to other players on the trip. Better towers, better floors, better views indicate how well the company is trying to treat us based on the status we've achieved and the type of gambling we do. So we're handed our room key and we are staying on the top floor of the property. And we say to each other, all right, let's see what kind of view they gave us. As we walk down the hall on the top floor of the hotel, many of the even numbered rooms on our right have double doors instead of single doors and plaques on the wall that say they're the presidential suite or the Deer Island suite or the Bear Golf Course suite. And we had an odd numbered room on the left side of the hallway and we assumed that our view would not be great and we were correct. If you stood well back from the window, if you stood back behind the bed by the, 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 the door into the room and the bathroom door, there was some water in the, in the window and part of an island to be seen. But the closer you got, the more structurally damaged Hurricane Katrina buildings you saw, the more leftover debris from Katrina that hadn't been cleaned up you saw. I'm not complaining. It, height had its benefits in, in that regard is what I'm saying. If you looked at it from the right angle, 
from the right part of the room. It was an okay view, but not if you wanted to sit at the window and have breakfast, which didn't work out either. The room was a bit small, but everything was in great condition. All the lights worked. There were no problems that way. The bathroom was fine. The water pressure was great. Once we settled in, we went downstairs to check out the casino and the amenities as a base to explore Biloxi from for the first time. Harris was, uh, what's the word I want? Adequate. Harris was more than adequate. Adequate isn't fair. It was more than adequate. It was all very nice. It was fine for what we intended to do while we were there. There was nothing wrong with it. There just wasn't much to it. The casino itself was small. During the day, one craps table and one continuous shuffle $10 blackjack table would be offered along with a variety of carnival games like Mississippi Stud. In the evening, an additional double deck and a single six deck shoe game would be opened with $25 minimums. The selection of slot machines seemed limited and a bit dated from our point of view. Restaurant-wise, Thursday through Sunday, and we arrived on a Sunday, there were four choices. A kind of a dive bar on a pier on the Gulf of Mexico. Very cool, very fun. I'm not using dive bar as a pejorative there. I'm using it as a compliment. Looks like, particularly if the weather was a little nicer, it would have been a great place to sit out, watch the watch the water, have some drinks, have some inexpensive fe- seafood. No complaints about that at all. And then there was a very high-end steakhouse, a 24-hour steak and shake restaurant, and a lobby bar and restaurant. It was called Mix and Mingle. We arrived on Sunday, as I said, and so we had a snack at the snack bar, at the dive bar, watched the water a little bit, had a drink, and then we, you know, many hours later, had an excellent comp to dinner at the steakhouse, and we did that because both of those would be closed for the rest of our visit. That comp dinner was a benefit from reaching the diamond tier in 2020. Once again, a benefit now from something done almost a year ago. And that was one of two celebration dinners we were able to enjoy this year on various trips to various Caesars properties. Given the way the blackjack table choices were set up, given the lack of a Baccarat table, uh, neither of us particularly wanting to do the roulette thing, we just find it to be a bit of a drag. We spent most evenings of our stay at the $25 shoe game and either regrouping at the end of a shoe or waiting for a shoe to end by not playing and then buying in again as if it was a new table. This is exactly the situation that my second wagering system, Always Be Grinding, was designed to deal with. There wasn't really an ability to go, oh, I lost three hands, I'm going to go find another table. There wasn't any other table to find. I explained that system and regrouping as concepts in episode 62 and 63 of our podcast, and there is a decision tree for that system available for download in the Fred portion of the website, recently revised and amended, as I mentioned, to start the episode. I'm not going to go through all of our results evening by evening or day by day. I'll summarize everything at the end of the segment for you. Those results are important. I want you to know how we did. I just think that over a a stay of this length, I'm going to bore you telling me I played this table and then we regrouped and then we did this and then we played this table and the next morning we went and we played this table. I'll give you all that at the end as a summary. We spent part of both of our full days in Biloxi exploring the other casinos in the area. There was a golden nugget within walking distance of our casino. It had their trademark huge piece of gold in a display case as you entered, a rock bigger than my hand that someone had found with a metal detector and dug out of just six inches of dirt. 
The casino was larger than the one at Harris, with a large number of open blackjack tables offering a variety of rules variation. Since this golden nugget was not associated with the one in Las Vegas, we were considered new members. And they had a slot promotion for for new members, but you had to earn that free slot. And what they required you to play was way more than we wanted to gamble on slots just to earn $10 in free slot play. It just didn't make any sense at all from us, mathematically. Uh, we did play some blackjack there. We did have a good time playing blackjack there. And from the Nugget, we took a short Uber ride to the Beau Rivage, which is an MGM property, often called the Mini Bellagio. And that's a fitting description. It doesn't have the fountains out front. There wouldn't be really room between the street and the Gulf of Mexico to also have included the fountain and the big lake. But its architecture, its color palette, its internal features and layout remind us very much of, of the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Once again, Beau Rivage had a larger casino than the Harris, more restaurants, more table games with a variety of blackjack rules being offered, ranging from continuous shuffle six to five games with low table minimums to $25 double deck and shoe games with very good rules, nice placement of the cut card, all of that was excellent. We've received charter offers for Beau Rivage from MGM in the past and just been un unable to use them because of timing. We're really hoping to stay here at some point in the future on one of those trips. Given our relationships to the various brands, it would be an excellent fit for us. Next door to the Beau Rivage was a hard rock casino. We played a couple of slot machines, but every blackjack table we found, open or closed, regardless of table minimums, was a six to five table. We would not be willing to play blackjack there under almost any circumstances until that aspect of things changed. I'm, I'm actually going to tell you a six to five story in a minute, but that's from a long time ago. And, and that was to make my wife happy. And as a general rule, I just refuse as much as possible to play six to five. I'm not going to go off on a rant, but it's a shame that this, this property only offers apparently six to five because it's so close to Beau Rivage that it'd be nice to fly down compliments of MGM, but then have a little free something coming from the property next door. Part of what we're hoping to do is build enough relationships on our first Biloxi visit that the next time some of these properties are offering us a little this, a little that, a little something else. We see this trip as once again, using what we were given to build a foundation in the region to be given more the next time. Much like we have those relationships in Atlantic City and in Las Vegas to kind of stack benefits at multiple places. The next morning, Harris created an interesting, I'm going to call it a problem. It's honestly kind of an interesting story and reflection, I guess, more than anything else. I needed to make a short, scheduled business call at 10 a.m. And I wasn't sure how long that would last. And the only on-site choice for breakfast stopped serving at 11 and we had seen the day before got really, really packed between 10.30 and 11. So I used the Caesars app to place a breakfast order for delivery to the room from that same restaurant and bar. It was an, op it was an option I had found uh, during check-in. Placed the breakfast order a little before 10. I take my phone call. It ended up being very quick. And afterwards, we quickly finished getting ready for our day and waited for our breakfast. And waited. And waited. And finally, as it becomes 11 o'clock and they're no longer serving breakfast down in this restaurant, it's been over an hour. I call the front desk because I can't call 
I, I can't call room service because they're not stocking room service, not staffing, that's a better number, word. They're not staffing the room service phone because they're not serving room service. They're simply taking delivered orders, kind of like Uber Eats, from the restaurant. So I call the front desk, I explain the situation, and I want to know, you know, can you tell me, do they have the order? Is, there, is it going to be delivered? Should we wait? They put me on hold. They tried to get an answer. They couldn't get anyone to answer the phone. They took my cell phone number and said someone would call me shortly and tell me what was going on. So we waited another 15 minutes or so. It's now, you know, well past 11. It's going on 11.30. They've long ago stopped serving breakfast. So we leave our room and we go downstairs and I go to the podium and I give the, the person at the podium that seats people my business card and I told her my room number and I explained that we'd ordered breakfast over an hour and 45 minutes ago now. We'd spoken to the front desk over 20 minutes ago, and having heard nothing, we would not be in our room to accept delivery of the food, and we would not be paying, paying for it if it showed up on our bill. And this young woman looks at me after I've just said all of that, and said it kind of in that way, I mean a bit forceful, but intended it to be polite and just communicate the facts, and she looks at me and goes, okay, not, oh, I'm so sorry, can I seat you? We have empty seats, let us get you something to eat. Didn't do that. Didn't say, oh, I apologize. That shouldn't have happened. I really apologize. Didn't happen. She didn't write me out a comment and say, oh, please come back tomorrow and we'll take care of you. None of that. Just deadpan. Okay. Just not exactly the southern hospitality the region is allegedly famous for. Really disappointed in that set of reactions to that set of problems. But when there is a problem, remain calm and look for a casino solution. We had planned to go to a casino called the IP as our first stop for the day. And a quick check of their website showed they had a traditional casino cafe open from early in the morning until late in the evening every day. And as these restaurants often do, they had a couple of breakfast items on the menu all day for gamblers who either slept late or gambled so late that they wanted some breakfast before going to bed. We took an Uber over to the IP. They quickly served us a breakfast similar to the one Harris was unable to produce in over 90 minutes. The IP is fascinatingly a Boyd Gaming property. and That's a brand we don't have a very big relationship with. We have players' cards. We've played with them at a couple of their properties, but it's a very, very, very light relationship. Interestingly, it looks very much, and I haven't looked up the history of this, I'm just very confident of it, the IP looks very much like the former, former Imperial Palace property on the Las Vegas Strip across from Caesars Palace, the casino which is now called The Link. Based on the architecture and color palette, we are sure that at some point this was a sister property to the resort in Las Vegas, which was fun for us because that's where we spent our first honeymoon in Las Vegas. The IP Casino was not as large as the one at the Beau Rivage or the Hard Rock, but it was larger than the one at Harris. They offered a nice variety of blackjack games and tabled. Once again, a $25 minimum bet got you a seat easily at a table with very playable rules. And we played some cards there and enjoyed that casino very much. Once again, laying that foundation so that hopefully we get some offers from there. Hopefully if we get back there again, they're going to recognize us as guests they've seen before and maybe have some goodies for us. Our final stop of the day was at the Scarlet Pearl, a newer casino in the area, only a few years old. And it was a very old school Vegas kind of place in how they handled things, how they did things, how they treated guests. New Rewards Club members were given $20 in free play just for signing up. No, gamble $300 and then we'll give you $10 stuff. Just here's $20 for you to gamble with. And we were told as we were given our cards that it took about 15 minutes 
between the time they put in the information and the time that our cards would be active and that the money would be loaded to the cards. So, it was mid-afternoon and we went to the bar for a drink. As I said, a very old school kind of place. We sat down at the bar, we ordered our drinks, I assumed we would be paying for them, and instead of giving us a total, the bartender just said, let me know when you're ready for the next round. We weren't gambling at the bar. It was a video poker bar, but we didn't sit down and put money and cards in the machines. Our cards didn't even work yet. We were just sitting and having drinks, but we didn't pay for those drinks. We didn't pay anything other than a tip. In fact, we had a second round because we didn't pay anything for the first round, and the bartender even poured us shots of a local drink called liquid marijuana that he was making up for people three and four at a time who were sitting nearby in the sports book. Now, that drink was a bit sweet for me, but Mrs. TRG enjoyed it. She thought that was fine. You know, a, a green drink called liquid marijuana is certainly fun. The Scarlet Pearl had plenty of blackjack tables open with $25 minimums and three to two payouts, so we had no problem finding a seat and playing some cards. First impressions, if I lived in the area or within driving distance and didn't care about national brands for a reward system, this would probably be my home casino. I mean, assuming the hotel rooms were of the same quality as everything else we saw, that that would be a no-brainer. It was very nice, had that upscale Vegas feel, but the upscale Vegas feel from 10 years ago. More so than the, the current kind of corporate vibe. If you sit at the bar, you got to put your machine, you got to put some money in, and they'll give you a drink then. But if you don't play enough, then they're not going to give you another drink. they got a timer. They're watching you. None of that. Just, oh, you're a gambler? Maybe you're not, but you're in the bar? Here's a drink. Thanks very much for the tip. So having enjoyed another couple casinos, having had a great breakfast, we head back to Harris because there was an NFL game that I wanted to make a bet on and I wanted to watch. The VIP lounge at Harris was closed during our visit. In fact, outside of Atlantic City, the new owners of Caesars have kept most of the lounges closed, even removing and replacing them with other things at some properties. This, this property still had a lounge, and as a trade-off for the lounge being closed, third-tier guests, diamond and above, could drink free at the bar in the casino. It ended up not just being third-tier guests, not just diamond or higher guests. It ended up also being a drink for their guest as well. So Mrs. TRG and I enjoyed the game at the bar, and at halftime went to Steak and Shake and had a nice little bar-top picnic and watched the second half of the game. A quick fun story about a couple we met at the bar. Just a few hours earlier than we met them, they had won the grand jackpot on a Buffalo Grand slot machine, over $12,000. They were Diamond members. They followed Casino Wisdom number 99. They knew their numbers for the year. They knew that for the year, they had lost enough that they would not be paying taxes on most of the win. This was basically a break-even win for them with a little bit left over. They were getting royally drunk at the bar, after walking around handing out hundreds of dollars in tips to almost everyone working on the casino floor. The people sweeping up, the waitresses, the slot attendants, just, they, they went down to the gift shop and tipped somebody there. They went down and tipped the two people working at the desk. They didn't tip away their wins by any means, but they made sure a lot of employees had a much merrier Christmas. It was an excellent gesture. It was a very cool thing for them to do. And they were enjoying themselves. They were putting down the free drinks. They were enjoying their win. And they weren't doing any more gambling that night because they had the whole thing figured out. 
Just to tell you, you probably already know this. If you've been listening a while, you probably already know this. But as we checked out the next day, I had charged everything we paid for at the hotel to our room to maximize the tier credits we would receive. And all of those points will be tripled by Caesars probably at the end of the month because we arrived on one of their chartered planes and that was a promotion they were running for December. I had my MGM credit card on file with the hotel to pay for all those charges, so I will get MGM tier credits, not multiplied, but I'll still get MGM tier credits for all those charges as well. All in all, it was a nice trip. The breakfast issues aside, we would enjoy a return visit when the weather is a bit warmer so that we could explore more of the outside attractions, which brings me to something I learned on the way home. And I've kept it till when I learned it so that it didn't act as a spoiler. I thought about telling it from the beginning as a flashback, but I thought this made more sense. Harris has signs and advertising throughout the property showing the concerts and events that they have each year on the, in quotes, Great Lawn. It's a large 10 acres of grass right on the Gulf of Mexico, right on the water, you know, kind of between the Golden Nugget and the pier that has that little seafood restaurant on it. And I found out on our return flight that before Hurricane Katrina struck the area, that 10 acres was the casino and a variety of restaurants. The water pushed ashore by the hurricane was taller than the top of the building. It drowned the building, and the combination of wind and water destroyed the entire complex. A decision was made to take down what remained and plant grass, and then to make decisions from there. Part of the reason the property feels so small and limited is that it is now the entire resort, and it was originally just the hotel. The casino and most of the restaurants were all down on the water, and so after the destruction, they had to open up something to get back up and running, and they repurposed portions of the hotel as a casino and just left what had been the casino knocked down, and maybe at some point in the future they'll put it back up, but for right now, it's just a place for concerts and events. When we returned home, I had just one day to get some work done before Christmas Eve on the 24th. That said, ABC, always be casinoing, right? So after I did my work for the day, I stopped at the local horse track with the slot machines to play some free slot play, which paid off to the tune of a third of a day's pay one, and then I went from there to my local casino for a free bet, a parking comp, and a grocery gift card. I was just there to play a little bit of craps quickly and leave. I'm testing a new approach to craps that tries to win just a very, very small percentage of my buy-in very quickly and leave. My goal is to see if I can win 27 times out of 30. Right now, I'm only trying to win about a third of a day's pay and get out. But if I can complete this test run successfully, I'll just triple everything so that I can quickly earn a day's pay locally almost every day and leave. Not sure if that'll turn out or not. I'll keep you posted. That's what I've been doing. I actually had so much success doing that prior to our trip and once during our trip that I actually returned early on Christmas Eve morning Got another free bet, another parking comp, won my small set amount of money, and I was back home in just over an hour and 20 minutes. And that's not, I wanted to go gamble, I wanted to go gamble. I've been doing plenty of gambling last week, and I got plenty of gambling coming up. It was to test the system, see if it continued to work, and see if even on Christmas Eve, all the discipline's there, all the pieces are there, show up, parking comp, free bet, money, leave. That's what I wanted to see. I had time in my day to do it. And, and it worked out great. It was a great week. The travel, the gambling, and most especially the weekend spent with my parents, my children, my grandchild. Having all of them in our home for Christmas was absolutely wonderful. 
here are the final gambling results for the week. And I need to say that while in Biloxi, Mrs. TRG held up the team. I had a couple of big wins at a couple tables, but those basically offset my losses. Mrs. TRG won consistently the whole trip. Our final numbers are 13 winning and 13 losing blackjack tables, 8 winning, 5 losing slot machines played with our own money, a total of $70 won gambling on the airplane, $38 won betting on sports, 3 winning craps tables played, and no losing craps tables played. Our room, resort fees, steakhouse dinner, and part of our airfare were comped. We received 3 sets of free slot play, 2 parking comps, 2 free bets, and a gift card to our local grocery store. In total, we finished the week with a cash win of just more than three days' pay, more than enough to cover our modest expenses for the week and give us a cash profit. My month-long binge ended before we started the week, and all I did was mostly hold my own at Blackjack and then win some money playing craps and using our free slot play. Fortunately, Mrs. TRG's binge continued, and we are hoping it continues next weekend in Las Vegas. All right, if I recall the battle plan... The Virtual VIP Lounge is next. I think they are just getting ready to open the VIP Lounge for our benefit. Let's head in that direction. A little bit of the bubbly. Here we are again at exactly the right time for the most must-listen-to moment in casino gambling podcasting. The Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge. Decorated today for the holidays. We've got an actual sleigh in the corner, stacked full of tasty adult libations, We also have still and sparkling water, handcrafted artisanal sodas, and locally bottled pop. You know we always take care of that for those of you that prefer to stay on the softer side of things. If you look very closely in the sleigh, I believe you will find exactly what you prefer, whatever that might be. If your situation allows, please join me in a real rather than a virtual beverage. If you can't, enjoy a virtual beverage of your choice. Somehow... After the family Christmas party, we ended up with a single airline-sized bottle of orange absolute vodka left. No idea where it came from. I didn't buy it. No idea why there is just one sitting in the bar. But that's my sip of choice today. That's, That's a beverage I actually enjoy. One ice cube. Nice pour for what I have going on today. Way back in episode 73, I promised you a story about a casino handling a minor customer situation very, very well. And I made a note at the time and planned to share this story with you in episode 74. And then I got talking to Professor Slots about his book. And then I got in a discussion about gambling with Charlie Frere. And here we are at episode 77, having not gotten around to that story yet. A number of years ago, Mrs. TRG and I went to Las Vegas on a vacation. And after eating dinner at one of the restaurants in Caesar's Palace... Mrs. TRG noticed a blackjack table with a low $10 minimum bet, and she wanted to play. And I'll admit that at the time, in an effort to just, you know, enjoy our vacation the way she wanted to enjoy our vacation, I was like, yeah, sure, fine. And I didn't pay the attention I should have to the table rules. Couple of hands in, I'm dealt a pair of sevens, and the dealer has a three showing. I split my sevens into two hands, basic strategy, and I receive a two on my first hand for a total of nine. And I'm going to double because that's basic strategy. And I'm told when I try to double that doubling after a split is only allowed on player totals of 10 or 11. And I have 9, so I'm not allowed to double. So I start reading the felt and the signs and all of that. And I realize this is a table that pays 6 to 5 on on blackjacks. It's got all types of rules about what you can and cannot double and split. It's a rip off the tourist table. 
from a Vegas point of view, that's what these tables are for. They are for catching tourists who don't understand blackjack coming back from one of the restaurants just exactly as we did. So at this point, I'm just ready to leave. I'm just ready to go, okay, fell into it. We haven't really lost any money. Let's just, let's just move on. But Mrs. TRG says we just ordered a drink, which was correct. We were just on vacation. This was not a quote gambling trip. She wanted to stay and enjoy her drink and play at these low limits. Well, happy wife, happy life. Eh, Any husband learns that fairly quickly, so we stick around. Sometime later, I have a $100 black chip bet in the circle. I get a blackjack, and the dealer has an ace showing. The dealer offers us insurance, and Mrs. TRG says, you should take even money since you have such a large bet out. And I remind her that even money isn't possible since the blackjack only pays 6 to 5 at this table. And so while insurance is technically open... I asked the dealer if I'm allowed to double my 11 if she does not have a blackjack. She says that I can do that. So I decide to buy insurance. And then if she does not have a blackjack, to double my 11 in an attempt to make decent money on the hand and and recoup my loss. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Maybe not the best possible decision. I have not looked up the the best choice of that, the math of that uh, since then. Because I don't really play 6 to 5. I didn't want to annoy my wife. I knew that I should not be playing at that table while also knowing that if I just dropped my bets down to $10 just to have fun on vacation, my rating from my local casino and my rating for the next visit in Vegas would be damaged. And at the time, I was a a, a seven stars player. I was at the top tier in their reward system and I wanted to protect all of that. And I knew that changing how much I bet and making it very small was just going to make a mess of everything. So I was trying to find a way to play through this. So I make the insurance bet. The dealer does have blackjack. Mrs. TRG asks me why I took insurance and I explain my thinking as the dealer's paying the insurance bets and, and collecting the losing wagers and collecting the cards and I return to my base level bet just as the waitress brings up drinks and so now I'm getting the drinks and I'm tipping the waitress. I'm dealing with this weird set of table rules. There, there's all These are all just distractions, right? I'm dealing with the weird set of table rules. I'm answering a question from my wife. I'm sorting things out with the waitress and I'm making my next bet all at the same time. A couple of hands later, I'm mentally certain that I'm short $100. And I'm certain because Kenny Rogers is wrong, and I know Kenny Rogers is wrong, and I'm counting my money at the table. And I'm thinking back through as we're continuing to play another hand and another hand and another hand. I'm thinking back through things. I'm thinking, did I tip the waitress 100 bucks by mistake? No, I tipped in cash. And I'm pretty sure that I tipped in cash because if I'd have tipped her a $100 t- ch- uh, chip, she'd have been really happy. There'd have been some expression besides just thanks and move on, right? Thanks and move on is fine when someone tips you a couple bucks. But a $100 tip on the main floor normally gets a reaction. And more than a reaction, it normally gets the question, how much change would you like? They don't assume that you're giving them a $100 chip as a whole tip. So it wasn't. that's not where the missing money went. I hadn't particularly been drinking uh, in any significant way over at dinner. It's not that I was drunk and forgot what I was doing. I keep thinking, and I keep playing, and I keep thinking, and I keep playing, and I'm convinced that when the dealer and I both had blackjack, she paid my insurance bet, but collected my $100 wager instead of treating it as a push. I'm not super concerned about this. I know casino wisdom number six. There is a problem, and I'll look for a casino solution. So I wait for the pit boss's attention when he looks my way a minute or two later. And when he comes over, I explain the situation to him. I explain that I think on a hand about 15 minutes prior, I bet $100. The dealer and I both had blackjack. 
I took insurance, and I believe my insurance wager was paid, but my $100 was collected instead of being treated as a push. So the pit boss asks the dealer if, in fact, she remembers the hand, and she replies that she remembered the black chip bet, she remembered the insurance bet, but that's it. And so as she's given her answer, I ask the pit boss, would he please have the surveillance reviewed? And he looks at the computer screen for a minute and says to the dealer, this is a seven stars player, please give TRG his $100 back. Just like that, a $100 chip comes out of the rack and is placed at my betting position and, and is there for me. Everything's been made right. Every casino is different. Every casino is going to treat different amounts differently. And honestly, every property is going to treat guests differently based on a variety of facts. I've seen other properties pull surveillance footage over a disagreement of $5. In this moment, the Caesars pit boss decided that for a player at the top of their system... $100 wasn't a big enough deal to take up everybody's time. He just had the money given back to me on my word that I believed a mistake had been made. And it remains to this day one of the classiest ways I've ever seen a situation handled in a casino. It stuck with me. It stuck with me so much that I wanted to share it with all of you as we had some time today. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. But don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it. Hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's.